Do you ever hear a strange little voice in your head? One that you know does not belong to you, but yet it's eerily familiar. Perhaps a voice telling you things, giving you insights, but you don't know where it's coming from. Is it angelic intervention? Is it your own psychic abilities awakening? Or is there something inside you? Something trying to take control. Sometimes you feel as though you say things or feel things that you know do not emanate from you. Where do they come from? Many people would call this a sign of possession, an outside influence forcing its will upon you. But what if it's nothing demonic at all? What if it's a dormant part of your past that has come to life again, awoken by something in this lifetime? Investigator and medium Scott Davis joins me for this next hour to discuss this topic and try to make sense of this phenomenon, a very real and sometimes terrifying phenomenon. We'll do that next right here on the best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Hello, my little darklings, far and wide. Thank you for joining me here tonight. I apologize for last week's Wednesday night show, which didn't happen. Strange things were afoot in the Schrader home. I can't blame the paranormal. It was most likely just interconnectivity issues because we don't know what kind of weather we're going to have in Minnesota from day to day. It could be rainy. It could be warm. It could be raining in the middle of December. We never know. But what what we do know is that this crazy weather, well, it affects connectivity throughout the house, on the outside of the house, inside of the house, everywhere around the house. And unfortunately, there's no ethereal internet that I can plug into that can avoid these consequences. But out of almost three years on the air doing this show, we've only had to drop the show once because of connectivity issues. So I am happy to have had that fixed. I am back here for you, and tonight, it's a double whammy. Not only do I get to talk to one of my favorite friends and guests, but I also get to announce to you some exciting news. Today is the day, folks. It's out. You can order it now. That's right. Theater of the Mind, Tales from the Darkness. It is a mixture of ghosts, aliens, monsters, myths, legends, and more. And it's available. If you go to paranormal60.com, you'll find it right there on our page. You can get a standard copy for just $20 plus $7.95 shipping or a signed copy for $30 plus $7.95 shipping. We're going to start shipping those out February 1st. If you get the signed copy, it'll have a nice little uh, plate decal on the front denoting that it is an official autographed copy. And I thank you so much in advance. So many of you have already reached out to me telling me you want to order the book. 
It is available now. So start ordering. You can email me for more information, Dave at Paranormal60.com, or just head over to Paranormal60.com, and you'll find it there on our landing page or under the shop tab. All right, let's get started. We've got some cool stuff to discuss this evening, and uh, I've been wanting to kind of dig into this concept and topic for a while. I know that we've, we've kind of tickled it in other little discussions with other guests, but I reached out to my buddy, Scotty, and I said, Scotty, what do you think of this topic? Is that something that you would feel comfortable talking about? And after just a momentary pause, he said, I'm sorry, who is this I'm talking to? And I said, it's Dave Schrader from the Paranormal 60. And then he said, oh, oh yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, why not? I've talked about dumber things. And I was like, that's not really the answer I was hoping to elicit in this moment, Scotty. And he said, Dave, I'm joking with you. Of course, I'll talk to you about this. because." Well, because you saved my life in Vietnam, and I think it's only fair that I repay it tonight by showing up on your little podcast. Little podcast, I said, and he said, it won't be once I'm there. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Scotty Davis. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good, but I'll get better. I uh, am excited to talk to you about this because we have had so many strange things over the last few years as we've kind of tried to evolve our concept of hauntings and paranormal experiences. And I am one that does not necessarily go down the rabbit hole that everything is evil, that everything is from a dark place. But I do believe that there are times when we may be connecting with something far beyond just a ghostly image that pops out of a physical form after death. And I've often wondered how many times is it that that voice that's screaming out to us, sometimes those voices that are screaming out to us are from past lives. Is that insane to consider? No, not at all. And I was really happy when you suggested this because not only do I do mediumship where I speak to people's loved ones who have passed or ghosts that are roaming the earth, but also sometimes when I do readings for people, I get glimpses into those past lives. And I've found that really people are affected deeply sometimes by their past life in positive and negative ways. So when you suggested this as a topic, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool because there's a whole envelope of stuff to talk about here. Now, I know immediately I'm going to have some people that are extremely smart start messaging me and saying, Dave, schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, uh, disassociative disorder, these are real things and people hear voices and they need medication for this. And I understand that there is a section of people that deal with that. But there are also the people like myself who have heard a voice stop me in my tracks and warn me of something or clue me in. And, and I stop and I take notice and I realize Whatever that voice was, it was not me. It wasn't that little voice that's always in my head. It's not my own id or ego that's in there. It's something else. And I've wondered, is it divine intervention? Or could we really be, I guess, multiple facets of our personality awakened on many different paths of our lives in, in the reincarnation fold? Yeah, so imagine in this lifetime, if mm -hmm. you've avoided death, because somewhere coded inside your soul, you had already passed away once by getting run over by a, an apple cart. And you've avoided it now or something similar because something inside you is like, nope, we've done this. Hold on one second. And the danger passes. And now you're still here with us on your path that you're supposed to be. Couldn't that be such a really cool concept to think of? Um, 
It, and then to think about all the things that maybe you're really good at now, uh, entertaining, being interested in the paranormal and, and hosting and being MC for so many different things. What if that was a part of your life in another lifetime? And you're so comfortable now because you have entertained this so many times in so many lifetimes that it's just your, your space in this universe. And it's just coded in that soul. I like to think that I was once really attractive as an entertainer and to keep pushing the boundaries of entertainment. I've just become more and more troll-like in each lifetime so that I can really stress and see how far outside that comfort zone I can get to still be entertaining and how weird I need to look to have people look past it and still want to be entertained by me. Get out of my face, you ugly thing. No, that's why you have a radio show, Dave. Luckily, you can turn the camera on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Don't turn me off. I'm just playing. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, ima imagine that I, because I've done readings where, um, I, have you ever heard of something called the Akashic Records? Yes, of course. Okay. So, um, for the audience who doesn't know, basically, there's a theory that um, there's a book with your soul in it and all the things that have happened, past, present, and future. And it's all written in there. And some people have access to it. Um, we personally, I think, all should have access to it. I don't know why everybody doesn't. Um, however, I've, I'm really, really elated that once upon a time I was meditating and I got a glimpse at this. And I was shown that this library exists. It's a place where we can go and read the soul book of anybody that we'd like to with permission. And uh, I've done readings for people specifically for that and dug into a lot of times it's trauma. It's never really like good stuff, but mm -hmm. sometimes traumatic events that are plaguing a person now and they couldn't figure out why that would be happening. So we go back into their lives and we look and um, some of the things have been really wow, just amazing and almost unbelievable. There was a woman who was having a lot of problems with her knees and I had pointed out that in a past life I had seen her um, put to her knees and executed as a soldier and she was abandoned in the woods. And she said, well, you're helping with two problems now because I have terrible knee problems. Uh, and I also have a severe problem with abandonment in my life. And I don't know why, because I have a caring family, but I always feel like they're just going to leave me. So we were able to look at her past life and identify something that was really happening now as well because of something that happened in the past. So by the time we were done, we gave her vocabulary. We gave her uh, a partial reason as to why she could feel that way now. Um, and what I've heard is that a lot of our memories, believe it or not, our soul memories are stored in our knees. And when I did a follow-up with her, she said after, yeah, interesting, right? After we did um, that session, that a lot of the pain had cleared up in her knees. So she was letting go of the trauma that, that she was holding on to. And that's just one really interesting story that came from uh, a woman getting her Akashic record reading. I I was also kind of struck by the fact that an idea I've been bandying about for a long time, uh, especially when it comes to the concept of, of the Mandela effect, is that within our lifetime, there are probably many times we should have died. And I'm, I'm confident there's been a few times I have. And I wonder if my consciousness kind of steps over into another parallel lifetime and continues on. And each time we face those moments of the car accident that should have killed us, it did. But now we're kind of reawakened. And that's why things always kind of feel a little off after that. It's, it's this uh, disassociative feeling to you because you feel like, well, I belong here. This, this is all right, but I just feel a little off. And it's, 
it's not just medically, but spiritually. And then you keep making those jumps until you get to live that one full lifetime that is promised, right? And then, uh, but just not always in, in the order you'd expect it to be. And I wonder how many of those echoes, those voices I hear are the alternate versions of me that are stored within this avatar and continue to help direct me. So maybe, you know, we get to live this life a little longer before I do something stupid and send me to the next, you know, level. And that's it. Game over. So yeah, that's a really, I often think about that myself. I don't have any really great insight except for it's something that I think maybe people like you and I ponder a lot. Maybe some of the audience thinks about those sorts of things as well. There are certainly times in my career throughout the military, um, car, car accident, uh, time that I, uh, drowned, um, that I think that maybe that was the one where I actually did go and I got blessed with a, another try. Um, and then I often think about if that's the case, then who are we communicating with, uh, with the person who did pass and did they have all of these chances leading up to that moment? And if so, how many do you get? I don't know, but it's such a cool thing to, to think about, um, and think about when is it, when is it going to be the last time? Right. Right. It, right. You've got so many different levels of consciousness that are taking place anyway, because I do think that we are so much more than just the physical form that we are. We limit ourselves because of the parameters we're taught to believe exist. You can't fly. You can't do this. You can't do that. So a lot of us settle into those moments and we allow other people's reality to shape our lifetimes. And that to me is an interesting element of the paranormal is that we have abilities that cannot be explained by natural science only because natural science is not paying attention to them. They right. see flashes of them and they call them, you know, uh, well, that was just a moment of adrenaline outburst. That was this. The, instead of giving credence to the fact of what's causing this and how can we get that reaction, how can we move beyond the physical um the plane we're in. And I think they have obviously with the remote viewing and uh, project Stargate programs and things where they're teaching consciousness to go out beyond the physical form. Um, it, it's kind of an interesting element to that. Have you ever considered, cause I know kind of what you do sometimes feels like remote viewing. Have you ever remote viewed into someone's past or perhaps future lives? Uh, you know, I kind of think that that's really what it is. It's removing my consciousness from now and pushing into those spaces where, where they allow me to, or where I'm needed to go. Right. And I think that, um, you know, even when we go to a space that's haunted, I think that's, or allegedly haunted. Um, I think that's something that we, I do myself. I just kind of take myself out of the timeline I'm in and I push backwards or forwards into the space until I run into somebody. I recently just did it at a, at a home that somebody thought was haunted. And I ran into a gentleman and uh, he said, I'm not sure what you're doing here, but two things. One, tell the people here that the Bibles aren't necessary because I'm not a demon and I'm not haunting their home. And uh, two, there's nothing like to discover here. So I don't know why you're here looking at me. We're not haunting this place. And I said, okay, that's good enough for me. That sounds pretty, pretty interesting. When I came back, I, I told the people what I had uncovered and it was just a form of remote viewing, just pushing forward into that space, just seeing who was there with me and then coming back. And then of course, when I, I think about it, I'm like, what did that guy think? Was he a solid person at some point? And I, and he's like talking to me in that capacity as well. 
it, it's such a really interesting well, thing. I mean, yeah. Is he a solid person in his universe, in his parallel dimension? And you are the ghost to him. Are you right. that fluttering in the corner of the eye for him that we we think we see here, right? We're we're yeah. coexisting on so many planes at so many moments having these uh, experiences it's oh god it's so exciting and fascinating and uh, almost frustrating because it feels like wow we've got a lot to to consider and it's sad that it feels like we're not allowed to really get those answers in this lifetime or maybe we do and we just you know it's like when i saw my ufo when i saw that thing flying in the sky i am now 18 years out from it and i still question and it's like dude you know what you saw there is no logical explanation it wasn't a little dot of light moving across the sky that could be one of a million things this thing was huge it was in your visual perspective it moved through the sky and vanished and you did all the ufo stuff right (laughs) so it's you know it's but your brain is still adaptive it's like i that uh you're obviously hallucinating you're you there must be natural gas uh, you know, there's a volcano, you know, 180 miles behind you seeping gas through the ground and you're huffing that for long enough and people are telling you there are UFOs so you start to think you see things. Uh, because I do know how impressionable we are as well. But yeah. it's funny, I, I wonder how many times we do get those answers and we just ignore that as a reality instead of saying, oh, I can do this. Well, Dave, I, I, I don't know if I had told you the story before, but I didn't get my start be doing the mediumship stuff um, because I went looking for it. It found me. And right. when it found me, I was like, this can't be real, but let me try to recreate it. Um, and the difference between that, uh, of course, and your UFO experience is that um, you can't really recreate the UFO. But just to know that there's the possibility that um, you can continue to look is really important for me and not accepting the fact that like, well, that's it, I guess. I mean, that's, that's what I experienced. So, uh, I, it sounds like you didn't just let it go because here you are 18 years later, still looking at the sky. I'm sure, um, analyzing every light that goes by and wondering if that is, is another UFO for you to discover. And I think that that is really my, my people who are watching right now don't get to hear me talk about aliens too much. So it's fun to to talk about that a little bit or UFOs even. Well, but I had, you know, like I will tell, and I've told you, I'm not a medium at all. I'm not psychic, but yet I know I've had psychic and mediumistic experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I'll say, you know, people are like, oh, so you're sensitive. And I'm like, no, but you've seen ghosts. Yes. You've heard ghosts. Yes. You felt ghosts. Yes. Well, Dave, that's a medium No, but I'm not like Scotty. I can't sit down with somebody and start connecting. And then I think, well, why can't I? I actually, on New Year's Eve of 1988, kept having visions of my mom collapsing. And that night she collapsed and went into a grand mal seizure. I saw it. I knew it was coming. I had had other premonitions along the way where I was like, huh, hmm. And then just dismissed it instead of saying, ah, that's an element of me that I need to start to work on. It's a, it's an right. interesting muscle, right? Is it yep. something that I could work on that would have strengthened over time? Um, and, and then, you know, I guess a question for you on that, Scotty, before we go back into the ghosty comments is because I know there's a lot of people that have had that moment. If we didn't strike at that time, if we didn't build upon that muscle, does it atrophy? Do we lose it? Yeah, you got to work. It's, it is a muscle. It's like going to the gym or running. You got to do it all the time. But 
the starting point is just knowing that you experienced it and then looking for it again. That's every time I connect, Dave, it's always the same thing. Like I have to bring myself into that space. Uh, and that's that all. And I tell everybody this all the time, meditate a little bit every day, 10, 15 minutes, put on your favorite music, take a deep breath, relax into the sound and just get out of your head a little bit. And when information starts coming in, that's the mediumship. The only difference between myself and you or anybody else who really didn't dive into it is I was so hyper-focused on it that I wouldn't give up until I was either proven right or wrong that I could do it. Um, and then once it happened so many times and I could recreate it again and again, I said, okay, this is what a medium does, but it's just, you know, that's just a a label it doesn't really mean anything so you don't have to label yourself a medium i'm very confident that if i dropped you into a house that i knew had ghosts in it and i was like hey dave tell me what you think about this place just close your eyes relax and tell me what you feel you've been in enough haunted spaces good and bad that you would be able to say like based on my experience of how i feel now this feels like the time that i was in you or wherever and i felt this and i think that's what this is and you would probably be very accurate with your description and the feelings that you got. And that's, that's mediumship. That's all it is. You just got to be relaxed enough to do it. Yeah, boy, I'd love, maybe that's something I do need to start working on. Maybe so many more people, obviously it's something though, that we have to, uh, and we, we talked about it last week on the show. It's not something you just do take for granted and don't learn to protect and shore yourself up and educate yourself on all the different elements of it. Um, but let's, I, I want to roll back into the topic of the haunting within us, the ghosts yes. that, that live within us. Do you believe, I mean, in Dave Schrader, let's say that I have lived 20 lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that there are 20 spiritual beings in me, if you will, or, or like you see me carved up into 20 little sections of every one of those levels exist within me still? Yeah, all those levels exist. It's not 20 different beings. It's 20 different. It's the same soul collecting a lifetime, lifetime, lifetime of experience and bringing a little bit with you every single time. And this is how you're learning as you're going through each lifetime and getting better until we reach, you know, whatever you believe until you reach heaven, you, your karmic end where you don't have to come back here anymore. And believe it or not, I've met people on the other side who said, Hey, I did it. I made it. I'm over here. I don't have to come back anymore. And they look like um, people might describe them as angels or angelic beings or um, beings of light, but they've truly done everything that they were going to do here and they have no reason to come back. So they, they stay where they are and they're really, truly amazing people. They don't look like people anymore. They just have all these experiences and they can talk with us very fluidly because they understand the language that we're speaking really well. Um, so it's really cool. So when I look at you, yeah, you have all of this coded information in you from all your lifetime so far. See, my fear would be because of all the work I've done. And again, a lot of this comes from fear-based situations is that I've been around spirits for so long and I've been to haunted locations. I've actively sought these locations out that when I hear the voice, I'm afraid to give too much to it in fear that if I give over control to what I think is just another element of myself, once I've given that control, am I opening myself up to possession of another sort? Because I don't know how to discern between it being, uh, you know, Dave from 1820 or 
Beelzebub sitting in the room in front of me that I don't notice is there. No, those are two way different things. So imagine, I, I guess like, I like thinking about things in real practical th terms, like, um, Dave Schrader, the taxi driver or Uber driver, he's up in the front. He taxis 20 people a night. He's always around other people. Um, but they have to stay in the back seat, right? They're never allowed to come in the front. And what happens if somebody comes up and tries to grab the steering wheel? They get one of those right in the nose. Get back there, pal. Get out of my car. This right. is over. It'd be the same thing with, with possession. Um, you really have to give somebody permission to take the wheel. Um, or they would have to really gradually grind you down or sneak in there. And you will know. You would know. Because you're never going to give somebody the wheel of your your car um, unless you really trust them. Which, you know, there's nobody except for your family members that you might let drive you around. I don't let anybody drive me around, that's for sure. Um, and that is, if you want to talk about it, a little bit of possession is channeling, right? And that's a different kind of mediumship where we kind of let our consciousness go and let the spirit step into us. But that is such a high level of trust that you have to give them because they have to relinquish when they're done. And that sometimes does not happen if you're not experienced enough to know how to push them back. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight, dear friend of mine, Scotty, the medium. He is also one of TikTok's darlings. If you follow Scotty over there along with a bajillion other people that do, you're always going to find out some entertaining information and be entertained, get a good laugh and uh, have some fascinating thought provoking discussions. And if you'd like a chance to see both Scotty and I work together, we're going to be at a very special event at the Haunted Shanley Hotel in Napanock, New York. We did one last year. We're coming back this April 26th and April 27th. It's a meet and greet, gallery readings, presentations, overnight accommodations, paranormal investigations, and more. Tickets starting as low as $35, and you get a chance to come out and investigate with us. You can find more information at darknessevents.com. That's darkness events.com and we would love to see you there and even if the overnight ghost hunt is out and you're in the new york area and you want to come into town and be a part of the q a and panel discussions and gallery sessions you can certainly find ways to get tickets through the event as well just come on and check out darknessevents.com now scotty going back into this this concept do you think it is helpful to people to revisit those shades of our past because i, I kind of wonder how many times the reason we feel so out of sorts is that they're kind of like a deck of cards that was starting to be blended together and then left to just sit there you didn't bridge them you didn't push them together so they're instead of one cohesive stack of you you're kind of all over the place is that a is is i'm trying to make it as easy for people to kind of get my point as possible but maybe you can discern yeah. a little bit better for us I got you. So it, I, I can only ever use myself as an example. There, there are a couple things in my life that ever since I was a little kid, I kind of knew I needed to do in this life. And I, I wouldn't have said it thinking it this way, but when I was about three or four years old, I knew I had to be in law enforcement. I knew it. It was like, if somebody asked me what I was going to do for a living, I knew I was going to say, I'm going to be a cop. There was no other answer in the world that i was going to give you because it's, it was just something that i felt and i don't know how to explain that as a little kid little kids want to be everything but i never gave another answer i know for a fact i never said fireman astronaut teacher nothing i knew this um then as i got a little bit older i felt a real pull towards entertainment and music so i knew that that was something i wanted to be involved in 
So I went that route and I started doing being in bands and playing music and being on stage. And I felt really whole when I was doing that. Uh, then as I moved a little bit forward, I started to feel the pull towards the paranormal. And I didn't know how to explain it to people because it was more than just like going to alleged haunted spots with my friends. I felt a pull. And I felt like if I didn't go to these places, I was going to feel empty. So any time in my life that I felt like there was some sort of pull in a direction, and I don't know how to explain this to people, but I get a real interesting feeling in the middle of my chest. And it's like a rope that pulls me to things, situations, people, places. And I have a really good instinct to follow the, that rope and that pull. So I feel like there are things in my life that I've left on the table and I'm not going to be able to do again because I didn't follow that pull. And it does feel make me feel like half shuffled. Um, so as I move forward in my life and I get a little bit older and more experienced, I realize that I'm not going to leave those opportunities on the on the floor and I'm going to keep picking them up as I can and as they as they present themselves to me. So for people who are sitting and watching this, if you feel a pull or a calling, even if it doesn't fit in with your friends and family or what they think of you, but you know somewhere in here that you need to do it do it because there's a piece of your soul that remembers that you used to love that you used to love being that person you used to love going out to dance you loved um you know playing cards or you love you love these things and you want to keep doing them do them and uh, you know i mean everything in moderation but do those things i i like the fact that you you talk about that pull which a lot of us feel right um then we have trauma from this lifetime that is pulling in kind of the opposite direction. You've got this destiny, if you will, trying to pull you forward, but you've got the weight of past lives and the traumas from this life telling you you're not good enough. It, how do you kind of suggest that people learn to shut that speak down and allow the, the pull to have control? I say basically the, the voice in your head is the loudest voice that you're ever going to hear. If it's speaking negatively to you, you need to learn how to speak out loud to yourself and say, this isn't true. I am good enough. I am worthy enough. And I do deserve to be happy and do what I want to do. Um, as long as you are not hurting yourself or anybody else in accomplishing your goals, do those things. And someday you're going to be sitting on a podcast with Mr. Dave Schrader, and you're going to be doing something that four or five years ago, you said, boy, I'd really like to, to hang out and work with this guy. He's really awesome. Just watching him on TV. And here we are today talking, we've had events together. And it's just because I keep following the pull um, and saying, I am worthy. I do deserve the opportunity. I am being the best version of me that I know how to be. And even when I mess up or I, I misstep or I do the wrong thing, I say, okay, I did this. It's okay. And I'm going to go ahead and do my best from now on to do better. And that's it. And that's all any of us can ever do. And if you're doing that every day, you're going to get where you're going. It's, it might take a little while. Nothing's overnight, but you'll get there. All right. We need to take just a very quick break. Uh, when we come back, we've got more to discuss with our guest. And I think you guys are going to like where the conversation goes. Plus, I'm watching your questions. We'll try to filter in some of your questions and thoughts, and we'll do all that next right here on the Best in Paranormal Programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, 
Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better. Help, H E L P dot com slash P sixty. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp dot com slash P sixty. There's a link for it on today's program guide. That's right, my friends. It's time to shift the paranormal. Dalen Spratt from Graveyard Shift, the Ghost Brothers, Ghost Brothers Lights Out, and Fright Club is joining me, your pal Dave Schrader, as we return to the haunted and historic Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota, April 19th through the 21st. We are already half sold out. We just put the tickets on sale the other day. If you are interested in spending a weekend shifting the paranormal with Dalen Spratt and Dave Schrader, go get your tickets, get your information, and come on out and join us as soon as you purchase your tickets. You'll get an email confirmation, and there'll be the passcode. If there are still rooms at the Palmer House Hotel, you can book those. We also include phone numbers for all the other hotels in the area. But come on out, get into the investigation, and have some fun with me and Dalen Spratt this April as we shift the paranormal. All right, we are back. I've got Scotty the Medium here with me, and we are talking about uh, the ghosts within us. Um, you know, the, here's here's an interesting uh, philosophy. I had one of my friends actually uh, uh, messaged me during the break, Chachi, and he said, what if one of our past lives, we were Hitler? How do we boy, know? Oh boy. Yeah, right. I mean, there was only there was only one Hitler. So what if he was born and uh, he was born into a life uh, of a body that was useless and uh, in a space in the world that he couldn't do any damage? Um, and he had to start from being somebody who relied on everybody around him to take care of him in order to get him to the next lifetime. Yeah, that's a good, good philosophy on it. But I, I get the point of it is we don't know. I mean, we all have elements in, of, in us of darkness. Oh, right? yeah. The difference is when I'm driving on the road and the jackass cuts me off, I think, oh, that's it. I'm pushing this guy off the road. But that is a fleeting moment that goes away. At least that's what I want you to believe, Scotty, the police officer. Anyway, um, we we learn to say, ah, 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 <laughs> that's not a conducive thought. We shouldn't do that, and we don't do it. But there might have been elements of who we were in the past that were cruel. And even if you consider, maybe I was one of the people involved in the Salem witch trials, where they weren't necessarily wrong, but they were going on a different belief system. And those elements are part of us. And 
I guess that's where it gets confusing to me. For many people that believe we die, we we elevate, we go to heaven, we go wherever it is that we're going next. We we learn, we educate, and then we come back. But if there's still pain from past lives and elements of that, it seems to fly in the face of conventional wisdom that we heal after death and we're given time to clean up and, and come back into a new life. Yeah, that's right. Um, I totally agree with that. There's things that stick with us that maybe are really deeply ingrained in us from many generations ago, how many times we've been alive. There are people that are, we can't say I was always a good person, right? There, there were times where human, I can't even say there were times, there's times now where human beings are absolutely miserable and awful to each other. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. Why didn't those people learn their lesson yet? Haven't they been around a, a while like the rest of us? Um, I think there comes a decision in a lifetime where um, you decide, am I going to be the hero in this story or am I going to be the bad guy? And some people don't view themselves as the bad guy, even when they think they're being the good guy. Um, certainly the people who are rising into power in all the countries around the world, they think they're heroes. They think they're doing great things for their people. Um, and, you know, just like you said, like Hitler, he, would, he thought he probably was doing a good thing. He didn't care. He thought he was getting rid of a problem, which is terrible. But now if he has to come back, maybe he has to live with those people and, and learn empathy and sympathy for the people around him and the plight of a, a person. <clears throat> It's really important to remember that we're not going to be always the decisions that we, we've made already. And that's what I said about even in this lifetime, even if you messed up today, tomorrow's another day. Be better tomorrow. A lifetime is just another tomorrow. It's a chance to do right. And you're always going to be put in a position, I think, to be able to make these decisions, good or bad. I'm sure you've been in plenty of positions, Dave, where you, you have been like... Oh boy, am I going to do the right thing here? Am I going to do the right thing even when nobody's looking and I can just get away with whatever? And you did the right thing or you did the wrong thing. That's up, that's up to you. But it shaped who you were going to be the next day. Did you live with guilt and regret? Or did you wake up the next day and say, I did the right thing yesterday and I feel really happy that I did that? And either way, you made a decision that you're going to, you're going to live with forward. And you're going to make other decisions based on how that felt here. It's important. That's, you know, that's an interesting thought because I've tried teach myself something in reverse. Uh, I was in Europe a few years ago and I had a wad of their waxy fake monopoly money in my pocket. Right. Um, and it doesn't feel real. It doesn't look real. You don't have the same respect for it. You do with our wrinkly green, dirty, gross looking money. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, you put your hand in your pocket, you put your phone in your pocket, you pull it in, you put it up and somewhere along the lines, I dropped about 200 pounds not of weight. I would have loved that but of, of cash. Right. Yeah. And one of the people I was with was like devastated for me at first. I was like, Oh crap. Oh man. And they were like, Oh dude, you had to be devastated. And for a second I let it hit me. And then I went, no, because you know, maybe somebody that needed it just got their wish. They got their prayer answered. I happen to have that money and I let it go. Now in a moment like that, did I do the right thing? I think so, because instead of allowing the moment to rule me, I allowed myself to think, I hope that this does something good for somebody behind. And I didn't, I don't feel vindicated because I told my friend that, but it was like 
making sure I was teaching myself a lesson at the same moment. And I've had it happen since where 20 bucks is suddenly out of my pocket or, you know, I think I gave her a 50 instead of a 20 and I got five bucks change back when I should have had more. And then I think, well, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe there's a reason that I didn't pay attention so closely this time. And I, I try to give that as like a gift to the universe that I figure I've been paid enough times with kindness that if something happens like this, maybe it's because I am the answer to somebody else's prayer, that moment, not me specifically, but that 20 bucks, that 50 bucks. Yeah. You never know what, what little decision like that might make somebody else's day. Maybe they're having a really crappy, my favorite thing is when I'm doing things on the internet and people from all over the, the world, when we're doing these shows like this are like, you know, I having a terrible day and I'm really happy that you showed up and little do they know that, up until five minutes before I went on to talk with them, I was in a in a panic state, in anxiety from dealing with my children and jobs and all the other things. But then one stranger says, it's you're making my day better by being here. Done. My whole day feels a million times better. And it's not about me feeling better, but just the fact that somebody else said that they felt better because I was being a part of their day. I don't right. think that there's a better feeling in the entire world. And I know you've had people come up and say that to you. I know that you feel that way about other things um, that you've talked about. Like, it, what a blessing. Yeah, so, you're right. You're you know, right. no matter what it is, those those good little little choices we make add up. Um, are they going to stop you from the, uh, the horrible person you were before when you were tar and feathering people in the medieval times? Probably not, but it doesn't hurt. I like to think it might. Maybe those people were cold <laughs> and they wanted warm tar and feathers, and I was really doing them a favor. You were just like, here you go. Tar. Warm up, bud. Enjoy That's it. That's right. Here. Here's a little tar. Here's a little feather. Do you feel better, softer, warmer? I think so. I think like, so. Uh, do you think that any of the aspects of what we deal with in a haunting are elements of ourselves? The sounds in our house, the the voices the things that seem to go on around us, we want to ascribe it to the past, or as I like to look at it, is we may be dealing with a haunting from the future. We, obviously, they're not dead, but maybe those bangs and raps I'm hearing on the wall is somebody 30 years from now hanging up a new picture in that living room area. And instead of freaking out about it, I try to think, oh, that's kind of cool. Am I getting a reverberation back in time? But do you think that there are elements of us living that are haunting our space as well? Yeah, I've heard that before. There, there are places that I have lived personally where I, I remember this apartment that I lived in and it, to me, it was haunted. It was a really bad space. It made me and anybody else who was living there feel really bad. And I spoke to the people who were neighbors and they said, listen, anybody who lives in this place is miserable. We think it's haunted, but it only affected like that one unit. And I was like, well, that's really strange. Um, and then to think that a modern space would have so much bad built up into it that of like dead people seem kind of silly, even at the time. And I was like, I think that people left their residue behind and I'm just picking that up. So they weren't dead, but they, they left so much that like goo behind of their negativeness that it just kind of stuck and permeated. And, um, it just probably is continuing on and anybody who lived in there felt the same way. So they were just adding to the pile of, 
of gunk or whatever was psychically getting left behind, you know? So yeah, I think sometimes we can be getting haunted by ourselves, by other people who are still alive. Um, and you know, of course you got to think about the psychological effect, um, that we, we all have, you know, when we hear footsteps above us and we're like, Oh geez, nobody else is home now settling or somebody 30 years from now walking above us. And we're just kind of commingling timelines without realizing it. Or is it elements of us? Are we hearing ourselves from three days ago, walking around up in the attic when we were up there? Are we hearing the footsteps up the stairs of our kids that are very much alive, but it's that same energy that's just kind of always replaying in the many layers of time and space. And we just sometimes hear them in the now. Yeah. It very, you know, that's a really good idea. To, it's something to think about, right? And it goes back to that stone tape theory and why is it happening here and not at other places that we've been? It's all very fascinating. I think that that's what keeps folks like you and I moving forward in all this paranormal stuff is there's answers we're never going to have, but it's really fun to pursue them. And it's maybe one day we'll understand a little bit more than we did the day we started. And that's, I think, what we can all aspire to for sure in this. When we consider the fact that we do have these elements of our past lives with us, mm -hmm. when you talk about meditation, obviously, sometimes it's just to quiet that mind down to, to, to allow ourselves to go to a different place spiritually, mentally, physically for just even a five to 10 minute window. But, you know, when you, you've got a computer that's open and you open a bunch of tabs, right? And all of a sudden you get that little alert that says, you're using a lot of memory. You're using a lot of data right now. I wonder how often that's what's taking place within us. And we need to start closing those tabs down so that yeah, we, can, all the time. we can go in and shut down those voices and say, uh, not just our mental chatter, not the monkey chatter, but go in and say, okay, boys and girls, and whatever we were at one point in our, our existence, we need to pull this thing down. We need to come together as one and be one giant tab and, and get along here. You know, is it weird? I, I guess the problem I have then is I feel dumb. It's like people that come to me that go, Dave, will you pray for me? And I go, you know, I'm not a priest or a pastor or a minister. And they go, but I don't know what to do or what to say. And it, that, that hit me in the face like a brick one day. Cause I was like, God, I remember I used to not know what to say. And I used to feel like I was stupid praying because I don't know. I don't know the right words because we're so worried that, you know, if we're talking to the G.O.D., we're going to say something stupid or something wrong. But if I ask Dave to do it and he acts like an ass, I can, hey, plausible deniability. <laughs> I didn't say it, though, God, right? I'm an idiot. Right. Um, so, you know, talking to oneself within oneself, it sounds lunatic. Again, I guess it's just something we just have to start to do, take control of the that aspect of us, but what would you recommend as somebody who's actually a sensitive and, and, and realizes that there are multi layers to every existence and every moment that we live, what do you suggest people start to say to themselves or work within themselves to start shutting those tabs down so that we can focus and give all the energy to this lifetime? Man, it's, that's a really deep question. I won't go crazy on this. I think that again, I live my life very easily day by day yesterday doesn't really matter that much because it happened whether i did something good or bad it doesn't matter I, I did my best at least i think i did some days i just sit on the couch and i do anything um and when things become overwhelming that's when i have all that anxiety build up it's when i feel pressure it's 
it's when I feel the noise inside my head get really loud and it's uncontrollable. It sounds like a spirit box chattering away in there and it's terrible. Um, so what I tell people is take that deep breath and let the thing, I think this is like a famous saying probably somewhere. I know I've read it. Let go of the things that you can't control. Um, a lot of people feel like they should be in control of everything in their life. And it's just not the case. Be in control of the things that you can be in control of and let the go, let go of the rest. I don't worry about what other people have to say about me. I don't worry about other people have to think about me. I don't worry about what, um, the Lord thinks of me most of the time, because I think I'm trying to do my best. Um, and I hope that if whatever happens to be after this, I hope that they are forgiving of the things I screwed up. Um, and I think if everybody just kind of lived like that, they'd, they'd be doing all right. And, you know, just do good for, I mean, do good for other people, Dave. That's to me that I have not always been, I'd say this all the time. I was a real a-hole growing up. I like to fist fight. I like to get drunk and be an idiot. I like to do a lot of things. I still like to get drunk, but I don't be an idiot about it anymore. Um, and I don't think about that today. Like, boy, I am really sorry for what I did in my twenties. Cause I was learning. And in past lives, I was learning. In this lifetime, I'm learning. And I'm just trying to get better. Um, and hopefully by the end of this one, I'll be okay. And when it becomes overwhelming for me, I just go back into that meditation or in a prayer. Like you were saying, it doesn't have to be what you're taught in Sunday school or at church or wherever you go to worship. Just the like, hey, I'm doing my best. Um, I hope that's okay. That's it. Just let them know. They listen. Right. You know, for people that do pray too, do you realize that is meditation? Yeah, percent out to the universe, to the creator, to the beginning of all. And just you're focusing in that moment and writing, creating a covenant with yourself and with whatever power you believe in that yeah. I need this. Let me get through this moment. Give me the strength. Give me the fortitude. Give me the clear of mind so that I may make the best decisions going forward. Uh, and, and making that happen, what you're doing is you're shutting down all the other windows, right? And you're yep. focusing in that moment on what is important to you. So maybe prayer, whether you believe in God, religion or not, maybe the one thing you can take from prayer is the fact that when you're concise about the things you want, those things find a way to you. So whether you want to believe it's God delivers it to you or your own super ego and id finds a way to navigate it, it's still pretty remarkable. And it's an amazing gift, right? Like I, I've said, and I talk about it all the time, I wanted to be a radio show host since I was a little kid. I didn't pursue it. It pursued me. And then when I left it after college, it came back to me as an adult when I was ready to start to do this. And it wasn't an instant bang, zoom, I was darkness, Dave. It, it took years of, of working and crafting to have these conversations with people. And, uh, you know, I, I want people to realize that too, that sometimes the things we put out and want back take a while to get there. It's not always, I'm really thirsty. If you could just fill this cup right now, it may not come right now, but you think you're thirsty now, but when you really find yourself in a state of being thirsty, it's amazing how something happens. The well pours over, the rains come, and there's a moment where you are replenished and you just have to be aware of that in that moment. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. You find that 200 pounds on the ground and all of a sudden you can go to the store and get your kids a drink and uh, a meal. Right. Even right. in that, right? That, that was instead of like cursing the situation, 
instead of cursing the money, damn it, I lost that money and oh, I wanted to, I just, yeah. okay, may it find the right person. May it find the right home and the right hands to change something today. That's basically what we're putting out there. That's the essence yep. of magic. And I love that. And uh, I'll be, by the way, if you guys are coming out to the Michigan Paracon, I'll be out there and uh, I'll be doing a workshop on magic. And uh, I hope that, and, and I'm not talking like pulling rabbits out of hats. I'm going to help walk you through some ways to create real magic uh, because I know it exists. And I'm pretty sure I can teach a lot of people how to tap into that. So isn't it interesting that we talk about that? I have the confidence that I know that I can walk you through levels of what it took to get things to come together, but yet I still question certain aspects. It's trying to find that balance between what we are and what we should be. Yeah. You know, I saw you talk about the magic workshop and I, I had questions for you about that because you know, people who say that they perform magic oftentimes say that they are witches or something of the like. So what what in you calls to you that says that you're you're that person? What do you think? I think what and and let me put it in a really kind of strange way. We've been waiting for the second coming of Christ. What if he came and landed in Salem in the 1600s? and was able to do something remarkable and was put to death for it again because he stood out and he he put fear in people's hearts right it's an interesting element but once you get past the theology of magic right throughout the bible throughout all time and space it's all of these beings had these abilities to do things, great things, farther than any of us in a human form thought we were possible of doing. And to me, that's an interesting element of existence. Um, and coming together with our soul selves, I think is going to be an interesting element. I would love to, um, and you know what we should do when we're do, doing the Shanley event together uh, later on this year, at some point, and let me just remind people, we are going to be at the Shanley in Napanock, New York, uh, Friday, April 26th, Saturday, April 27th. It'll be Scotty, the medium and myself. It's a weekend of meet and greets, galleries, presentations, overnight accommodations, paranormal investigations, and more. You can get tickets at darknessevents.com. But boy, Scotty, I would love to sit down between the two of us and start to um, use the equipment that we have to see if we can communicate with ourselves, if we can communicate okay. with the spirits that live within us and get the information as opposed to asking an outside source to communicate. Because I, I often wonder how many times are the answers I'm getting already coming from me. They're the translating the information from the spirit world that I can't hear and that voice that's coming through, which always sounds very similar wherever I go is because it's one of my former personalities or spirits or whatever I am that, that spiritual goop talking to me and giving me those answers. I like that. I think we could probably put something together to do that. I think that'd be really interesting to try. Yeah. And if not, we'll just go back to sacrificing virgins. I have kids. I'm out. <laughs> but one of you should come and hang out with us. Yeah, definitely. Don't lie to us. We'll know. Yeah, exactly. He's a medium. He's got <laughs> skills and abilities. Um, all right. Before we head off tonight, I know time is slipping away here. Uh, 
dealing with the spiritual realm. It's a frightening endeavor for a lot of people. Considering the fact that we may have many ghosts of our own lives within us is probably kind of a paradigm shifter for people tonight. You know, the obvious concept that we're always living around spirits and maybe parallel universes, multiverses, whatever you want to call it, is interesting. But the fact that there's more in us because of where the soul has been so many times, that's a cool new element and aspect to consider. What what recommendations do you have with people now to start to get in touch with those elements of our soul, to learn from them, take what we need and and I know that sounds almost rude, right? But I don't think that's the case, right? Even the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Asking and taking the things we need, especially from within ourselves, that's something we should be totally comfortable doing. Yeah, 100%. What would you suggest to people to start finding that within themselves to to gather information and knowledge from our past? Honestly, going back to that, talking about the pull that comes, if you've been feeling something or you've had an idea in your head for a long time, and it seems really outside the realm of something that, that you feel like is even your idea, explore it because it's probably you talking to yourself from somewhere else and saying, you've done this before. You're good at it. You're interested in it for a reason. And it's a part of your sole purpose and your calling. So again, I use myself, the music, the entertainment, the mediumship. I'm sure that these are all things that I've done in past lives. Um, and I'm happy that I followed those paths and I keep following them. So again, if you have a strong idea in your head or a, a feeling in your heart of something that you really want to do, but it seems out of character, as long as it's not going to hurt you or somebody else, pursue it because it's going to be speaking to yourself and you're going to find happiness beyond any thing that money will buy you or having a fancy car or house or any of those things will bring you true happiness comes from being happy for yourself and following your path it's interesting to me scotty that since you were a child you knew you wanted to be a police officer knew it then as you got older you knew that you wanted to be a medium and both jobs entail helping people both physically and spiritually do you think seeing the horrific nature of the job that you did put you in touch with wanting to deal with more of the soul aspect of it as well? I did 100% did. I can tell you, I saw a lot of things that it like opened the empathy up in me that I didn't know existed because from my time in the military, I didn't have that empathy. I was taught to be hard and closed down and not show my feelings, which really wasn't who I was. I was always somebody who liked to be open about my feelings and who I was as a person. The military shut me up and it, I needed to be at the time because I had to be hardened up for what I was doing. But then when I got into the law enforcement job, I was meeting all these people that were my my fellow Americans, people I live with um, on their worst days. And it opened up all this empathy inside me that I didn't realize was there. And when that happened, it's like the switch got clicked and it brought me into that next step of, of the mediumship, um, looking deeper past what's in front of me and what's beyond. And here we are all these years later, and I, I keep looking. I enjoy it. And also the interaction with music. We know that music truly does heal the soul. It can clear the sounds, the notes, the, the resonance, the vibration that we all talk about. That all exists within the realm of music. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting holy trinity, if you will, that you've taken on the job of a police officer, 
You've taken on the job of a medium and a musician because you're healing in every one of those positions in your life. And you're right. That was maybe elements of who you were before. And in this life, you may have brought them all together into one being. That's pretty, pretty cool to consider. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for putting that in perspective. Yeah, that's awesome. Scotty, the medium, one of my dear friends. I love the guy. We've got links up for Scotty on tonight's program guide so that you can find him. You can get readings. Come on out and see us in Napa Knock, New York at the amazing Shanley Hotel. That place blew my mind last time we were there, and I cannot wait to get back. So please go sign up if you haven't already and you're in that area and you want to come out and have a great weekend with Scotty and I. We'd love the chance to meet with you, talk with you, and have a great time. Scotty, as always, thank you so much, sir, for coming on and spending some time here on the uh, Paranormal 60. Oh, man. Thanks again for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. I love the conversation. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. I appreciate it. I will tell you, there's a lot of people that I meet in my life that I've been gifted the friendship of. Many people that are very talented mediums and healers. And I consider that a very powerful ability to gather these people in my life. Not my ability, but the ability to become a beacon for them to find me and to share these different elements of who they are so that we can share them with you. It is always a pleasure to be here with you. And I want to thank everybody for taking me along on your journey. And may the darkness be just a little bit more light with the information that we share here on the program. Thank you for being you. And when you feel that maybe those voices within you are speaking and they're trying to help you, start to listen. Start to pay attention. Start to realize that those may be elements of yourself that have learned this lesson before. And maybe, just maybe, you should take that in mind as you move through, because that might make the rest of this journey just a little bit easier. Until Wednesday, I'll be back with the Paranormal 60 News crew right here on the Paranormal 60. (laughs) 